Hello, and welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Eaters. I'm joined by Dan and Stelios. Hello, I'm glad to be joined with you on The Lotus Eaters on the 13th of February, Callum. Right. Well, today we'll be talking about the suicide pact and the fact that it's been cancelled, boys, so um, mm. put your knives down. It's all okay. Uh, a trollish week in the West and totally safe and effective. Yes. So, um... Guess which one of those three isn't going on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, exclusives. That's why you're here. Yeah. Because yeah. you go over there, and, and what's there? Well, not this. Is that is that good advertising, Dan? I... <laughs> yeah. No. If, if, if you are watching this live, you are part of the master race. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't have any announcements to make, so we'll just we'll just jump into the news, I guess. Because there's lots to say. Right. Uh, suicide pact. It's over, boys. You can calm down. Everything's good. The whole world's been solved. It was a good weekend, turns out. Not quite, but you know, I'm trying to trying to gin yeah. up that maybe we should all calm down a bit. You, you, you've lost me. Has there been a development? Uh, I mean, not much of one, but I I, I, right. I think that there is a, a a mindset shift that took place, and um, it's thanks to Tucker Carlson, irritatingly, which is <laughs> had to be in America that does this. But um, oh, I quite like Tucker. He's all right. Oh, no, I'm not saying that because I don't like Tucker. I'm saying it because it seems to have been a lot of Europeans have picked up on this mindset. And of course, the Americans have well, because they, they've yeah. been infected with the European disease, which the Europeans have had ever since World War II, which is maybe we should just kill ourselves. So that's not a good idea. It, oh. You don't know what I'm talking about. I just want to mention it real quick. Like, I saw this pop up. And uh, former Dutch prime minister and wife will die hand in hand in legal duo euthanasia. And some guy responded saying, perfect metaphor for Western European civilization. And the man is correct. Local man is right. This is a, a long-running long problem with Europeans and Europe, which is the, oh, that was fun. And now they just want to die on a civilizational level for some stupid reason. Well, you can't base uh, an identity on purely on guilt. And that's what a lot of Europeans are trying to do right now. Entirely correct. Um, before we go forward, though, I must do some shilling. And I shall do the shilling now. Here we are. It's the Calvin Robinson Show. He's on, uh, was it, Thursdays afternoons on lotusseaters.com and it's a premium show so you have to subscribe to get access to it so if you want to see it subscribe and get access to it um, one of them's already out so you can go back and check that out if you'd like to not wait before Thursday but if you'd like to take part you can also sign up to Gold Tier and then send in video comments to Calvin and there's a 50% off deal if you use code CRUSADE to get 50% off Gold Tier for the first three months so there we are that's, that's more news good news see told you suicide was over anyway back to the, the problem in question because, of course, this thing, this joke about Europe, isn't new. I mean, Douglas Murray actually commented on it on the last pages of The Strange Death of Europe, if you've read that, mm. where he likens Europe to Icarus deciding he's going to make some wings and fly to the sun. And, of course, you know, it goes pretty well. Guy takes over the whole world, or at least the Europeans did. And not only did we conquer the Earth in terms of, you know, other foreign countries, but in science, I mean, we literally conquered the ability to even go to the moon and whatnot. I uh. suppose the Americans take that. But everything goes well for Europe, is my point. You know? and, and then, like, liberalism, and then communism, and fascism, and, it, and it's all weird ideas about how restructuring society. And but, then it all came crashing down. But essentially, we, we won the game. Yeah. And then having won it, it was like, oh, what do we do now? But it's that crash as well. So the, the Second World War is the crash in Douglas Murray's worldview is how Europeans see themselves. And yeah. then it's just eternal guilt and like, what's the point? Stelios, absolutely right. That, that we should just kill ourselves is, is the mindset of Europeans so, post-World War II. But let, let me just say something about this book. I think that um, there is a 
sort of a message that, you know, Europe is sick, Europe now is tired, and we're just yeah. going down into the night. I don't believe this personally. I think it is just an issue of the policies nations uh, follow. It's a choice. Well, policies are entirely in class. Every institution, um, the moral values, I mean... I, I think I think it's fairly root and branch. The only the only thing I mean, I'd, I'd query slightly from your point is I think that um, basically Europe committed suicide in the First World War, um, and and the Second World War was really when the um, Americans conquered the world. Uh, to be fair, I don't think there's a specific claim about times. It's a general overview of the European. Yes, well, I'll give you that. They took I mean, over the world and then went, uh, what if we just lose instead? I mean, wasn't it later than the... Wasn't it in 1956 that uh, the shift uh, went towards the US as opposed to England? You know, they, they, they were scheming during the Second World War. Was that with the Suez Canal? I don't bring this up to argue about dates. I bring yes. it up just as like, this is a thing. This, this is, is your way of saying, let's move forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, there's a lot of it. And I mean, yeah. I mean a lot of people point, point to like this, for example, mass migration projections, where it's like, yeah. what if we just breed ourselves out of existence? I was like, that's, that's mad. <laughs> that's, that's not a plan. Yeah. That's just euthanasia. And yeah. Uh, my point again is that this has been around for a long time. So this is Brain for Breakfast, which is an old YouTube channel. It doesn't upload no more. I don't know if he died. But you got mad views just making videos about geopolitics. And in this one, this is back in those early days, six years ago, good Lord, where he's still on that boat where he's like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the Germans, here's their history. And now everything will be fine because they're going to get old and retire and have immigrants come and do the jobs for them so they can pay their pensions. It was still in that mad worldview that that would all be fine. I mean, look at the choice of immigrants, he thinks. Well, and ironically, he was saying this. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. That the Turks and the Italians and the Greeks will come and pay German pensions and everyone will live happily ever after because they're all kind of Europeans. And it's like, I mean, at this point, it's very that. questionable that the, the German boomers' children are going to pay their pensions, let alone some Turkish guy. Yeah. And this was stupid. I mean, this, this is that narrative of like, well, Europe's kind of spent so what they're going to do is they're all going to get old and die and foreigners will take their place and everything will be fine. Yes. And that, my point is just to say this is a theory. This is the round. This is a thing. Hmm. It's obviously stupid. Um, it's been played out now for a decade or so. And that end point of like, what's the end of killing yourself but getting old and having foreigners pay for you? Uh, that didn't work. I think we're at that point. <laughs> but right, let me say. just say, because you're mentioning uh, Greece and Italy. Um, there were uh, there there was a different um, setting back there, so I think it's wrong to read what is happening now and what happened happened there in terms of what is happening right now in England. I'm sure I'm saying yeah. as a civilizational viewpoint. Yes, yeah. the yeah. the northern uh, and just just to, let's all, all bear in mind that one of the main uh, ideas post World War II that the international order had. Oh, obviously not Germans was how to prevent then World War Three. So this is and, and this is something that uh, they they had several policies there. Some harmed Germany, some possibly didn't. But I think we're we're past that point. They they went on to the well, the idea that's in common culture is that the Europeans were just like, oh, we'll have people replace us, and that's the end of the European experiment, and then something new will come out of it. I was like, okay. But that, that just hasn't worked. And I'm just laying out that that's a, that's a theory that's around there. And the reason I bring it all up is to get to this. Now, Tuck Carlson did his interview with Putin. Everyone knows. He then came back and has done a, a short thing where he's just talking about why he did it. About 30 minutes. Not going to play at all. But I'm going to play the, the start of this just to get a point real quick, which is as to why he did it. The, I'll, I'll start in reverse order. Why now? Well, I've been trying for three years to do this interview. 
um, the US government prevented me from doing it by spying on my text messages and leaking them to the New York Times. And that spooked the Russian government into canceling the interview. So I've been trying to do this, but my country's intel services were working against me illegally, and that enraged me because I'm an American citizen. I'm 54, I pay my taxes, I obey the law. And there was no expectation in the America that I grew up in that my government and its intel services, NSA and CIA, which were always outwardly focused on our foreign enemies, would be turned inward against American citizens. And I'm shocked by that, and I'm infuriated by that. And so once I discovered that that was happening, and I confirmed it was happening, and they admitted that they did it, then I was totally determined, monomaniacally dedicated to doing this interview, not simply because I want to know uh, what Vladimir Putin is like and what he thinks about a war that is resetting the world and really gravely damaging my country's economy, but also because they told me I couldn't on the basis of illegitimate means um, and for no really clearly stated justification. And I thought that can't stand. I don't. That's his justification. And the, the point about he wants to hear what Putin says, actually, that's a very interesting idea that his whole reason for this is that's not that interesting. You can find that online. But because the government tried to oppress me in his circumstance, the rebellion is what I want to focus on there. The personal rebellion from him, where he's like, ah, screw you guys. I'm just going to go do the thing you're trying to make me not do. And I find a lot of this very similar to what's happening with the European disease of uh, I'm done, Lamal dead. Mm. Like, that's not a plan. And I think there's a very big difference between the older generations of Europe who seemingly believed in this, or at least enacted it in the elites, and then the younger ones which are, are rebelling against this as their end point of civilization, because that's mad. Can I just say something else about this interview as well? Because I watched it. There, there was a fascinating bit a bit later on where he describes, because he spent a little bit of time either side of the interview in Moscow, and he's looking around and he's describing how, oh my God, it's clean and it's what and it works and I can get service at restaurants and there's no crime and it's, it's just an ordered functional city. And it, that reminded me so much of when Khrushchev came to um, America and started having a look around and going into supermarkets and coming to the realization, oh my God, this, this place is functional. It works. And now that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of flipped in reverse. This is exactly where I wish to go, because you're right. About 20 minutes in or something, he mentions, huh, Moscow isn't, is something that used to be a joke, because his dad used to work yeah. in the diplomatic service or something and was stationed in Moscow. And now he goes there and he's like, yeah, American cities were all better than Moscow back when I was a kid, and now Moscow is better than every single American city. I wouldn't want yes. to live in an American city. And this is him as an American saying this, and someone who repeatedly says in this interview where he says, I'm not going to move to Russia. I'm never going to be a Russian subject. I have no interest in that. It is someone not complimenting Russia because he thinks, oh, this is great. It's him complimenting it saying, what the hell happened back home? Because it's not that Moscow leapfrogged over Western civilization or American cities specifically, it's that the American cities got worse, in Tucker's view. Yes. Well, I mean, it's, it's the exact same thing about when people have called me a Putin shell for, for talking about um, that interview. You know, it, it, it's not that I'm a Putin shell. It's just that I think that a country should be to have a, have a president who isn't demented, who can remember, um, you know, significant events in his life. Or, or, or speaks for his people or something like that. It's, 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 it's not being pro-Russian. It's just basic hygiene level of competency and governance.
And this is where I see a parallel between the American world that seems to have caught a similar disease to the Europeans, as, as described in previous pieces of media, is that in Joe Biden, not only do you have a senile old man who doesn't know what he's doing and all the rest of it, but there, there seems to be this narrative of the Anglo-America, Anglo-Saxon America. That time is over. That's had its time. And now it's time for that to die. And this is what seems to be behind the large push for mass immigration, not just for the vote rigging and everything else, but that that Anglo-Saxon America needs to be destroyed at every level. Yeah. And by pure coincidence, I'm sure, in that time period, Tucker's noticed that American cities now look worse than Moscow. Ha. Huh. Mm. Now, just for visual reasons, I'm just going to mention uh, one of my own videos where I went to St. Petersburg. And this is a little compilation. And of course, it's, a, a, it's hard to say exactly because you're looking at Moscow and St. Petersburg. They're the best cities in Russia. The worst of Russia is much, much worse because it's a huge country with unbelievable countryside. But, but it's perfectly fair to compare the capital of this to, you know, either DC Washington, or New DC York. or New York. That seems yeah. fine to me. Or, or London. Like we're looking at the subway here. And, and this is, this is notably uh, miles, and, miles and miles ahead of, uh, you know, a London underground station. And some of those metros are new. Some of them are old. Of course, the old ones had special attention because communist era need to impress foreigners. And also Stalin just liked metros for some reason. But you look around the city and it's much cleaner than what I see in European cities. And then what Tucker says about American cities, I have to take his word for it. It's very similar. And, well, yeah. I mean, the guy's right. It just is right, which is that Russian cities are weirdly nice, in, at least in the centers, which American ones don't seem to be. I mean, their metros are a great point of comparison that Tucker brings up. He says that on the New York metro, people don't feel safe to even take them. And in Moscow, no, not a problem. Well, that's what I wanted to say before, because I do have some um, points of concern and criticism about Thacker, but I really like this point that he raised where he said that, you know, in New York City, for instance, you're, you don't feel safe to use the, the tube. Now, personally, I don't know. I think the, more, the better thing would be to compare capital cities and and not, not just uh, the entire country, because Russia is a vast country. Russia is the, the biggest country in Same the world. Same with the US. It's yeah. No, it's hard to comprehend. Way, way bigger. And, uh, you know, you just can't see, you can't speak for all cities. I'm, sh I'm sure there are cities there with problems. It's, yeah. Yeah. But they're also way poorer, because that's the other thing here. It, it, so in my mind, someone posted earlier a picture of the DC subway versus the one in Pyongyang of all places. And of course, like, again, communist country, metro, it's a weird circumstance. But if, you, if I was an alien and I was told that America was a really rich country and North Korea was a joke, and these are two metro stations, who do you think has which? I would have assumed the really nice one would be in America. And it's just not. It just looks like crap. So, okay. I, I think Tucker makes that point in that interview as well. He, he says, we got too rich. It's weird. It's really weird. And his, his fundamental point is that, his, he says, filth is a choice. Crime is a choice. And of course, open borders is a choice. And therefore also just civilizational suicide. It's a decision. It's a decision you make or don't make. And like you say, it's really weird to see him going there, seeing that and being like, oh, oh dear. Yes. Like, why, why is my homeland the best places in my homeland, the best cities, not as good as this? What the hell? Just on the terms of filth, etc. Not everything, because if I go into everything, you'd be here all year. Yes, God. And I bring this all up to, to set up the fact that Boris Johnson made a response to Tucker's interview where he called him a traitor to journalism. You can see from this British media outlet here. 
Um, they quote Boris as saying, around the world, people are watching that ludicrous interview with Vladimir Putin conducted by Tucker Carlson. And we must not fall for this tissue of lies, above all for the notion that Putin is somehow fated to succeed in Ukraine. On the contrary, he is doomed to failure. Does this enlighten you at all? Does this, do you learn anything? Well, it, it was basically then... Boris saying, please, please don't watch it. It yeah. doesn't, and it uh, actually harms even the message he wants to spread because some people should stop talking at some point in their career. You're entirely right. I mean, you could take a view on the Ukrainian war either way. That, that would be great. You could find various media to support or, or, or go against your viewpoint. That would be information. This is not information. This is propaganda. And propaganda isn't just something that disagrees with your worldview. I'm kind of sick of how that's been mixed up recently. Propaganda is something that makes you not think. The purpose of it is to make you stop thinking. Not to assess whether or not something's true or false, or it just goes against what you believe. It's stop thinking. But may I add something here? Sure. Because I'm a bit apprehensive these days. I think that uh, there are some people who are entirely justified in being pissed off with the, the legacy media of their country. And, but, but just thinking that everything I heard in that interview is true is also another piece of propaganda. So I'm saying that people should have critical thinking. Of course, yeah. Because there are some people now who are saying, okay, look, we have been lied to, and we have actually been lied to, and these people have been lied to, to let's not just go to recreate the whoever disagrees with the person who has lied to me is absolutely infallible and correct. That's fine. Yeah. Well, that's, that, you know, that's what I'm trying to get at. Is no, that... I'm just saying that there is propaganda on both sides. Of that, course, yeah. Immense. And this is what I'm, I'm getting at, which is the... Uh, if you're just really going to sit yourself in a position where you say the West is fantastic, everything's fine, and never engage with anything else, you're not going to find truth. That's, that's you not engaging with thinking. Whereas if you go and engage and then you find out, no, I was right, this place is an asshole, oh, I was wrong, this place is actually pretty good in these regards, then that's thinking. and You can get to an educated conclusion. But instead, we get him. And he's a perfect, perfect counterpoint to all of this, I think, particularly Boris Johnson. Because people started responding to these comments where he called Tucker Carlson a traitor by just pointing out that, dude, there, you were the prime minister of Great Britain and there are people in Great Britain being arrested for flying British flags. Why? Because they're near people who support Palestine. And the police go up and arrest the British patriot. Multiple times. This is the second time here I could find, just with a quick Google search, see this chap. And I remember this one. These are the Palestinian guys. He had a British flag. So they took him away. Is, is that a Palestinian guy there? On the, oh, no. So, so that's, a, that's a British police officer. Of course. And this just goes on. I mean, this, this is what Britain is. It, it's got some serious problems. And Boris Johnson's obsession is not his own homeland. It, it is not with... Well, it, it, it's not just flying an English flag or British flag that gets you arrested in, in, in England. It's um, quoting Churchill. People have been arrested for that. Yep. Praying yeah. silently in their own head. Yeah. Has got them arrested. Like this, this is why I'm so not interested in this man, because as soon as he was in power, he did basically bugger all for his own homeland. And then once he got out of it, he was just obsessed with the foreign place. I mean, yep. this recent example where conscription was discussed, and he put out, of course I jolly well would join if we were to fight Russia. You can go now, you sack of shit. He will be 60 in June. Yeah. What is he doing? As a human being, a 59-year-old man who's about to be 60, why is he making videos saying that, oh, yes, of course I would sign up to fight Russia? No, he won't. And he could get on a plane and go now if he actually wanted. <laughs> well, he couldn't. They wouldn't accept him. He's too old. It's, it's just such... 
He, he's probably Nothing. he's probably average age for the Ukrainian army at this point. Uh, maybe, but the the point being, like he posts these BS videos where he's talking about oh Lance Corporal Johnson. This is someone who made a choice, and a series of choices that didn't better where I live. This is like Madonna level of cringe. It's so cringe. And, and these choices not only have made this place worse and, and not better and are very similar to the same problems the Americans face and Europeans, but they also just killed his own party. I don't know if you've seen this. This is a prediction based on one of the most recent polls. Uh, that, that will be coming up in my segment most definitely. Yeah, for people listening... Um, Basically, we will become a one-party state under the Labour Party because the Conservatives are so exterminated in every seat you can find. So that's that's his level of euthanasia, which is he euthanizes his own party with his own, well, choices. Yes. And, he, and, had, he had an 80-seat majority. Everything was laid out at his feet. And he had the political skill necessary to destroy his own party in one parliament. Yeah. And he wants to sit there and talk about foreign affairs constantly. And he's yeah. utterly failed on his domestic front. I mean, maybe that's why. Maybe you would if you failed this badly. But that is a choice and one we don't need to make. And I, I got the feeling after watching that Tucker interview where he's talking about why he went there and his concern is that his homeland is getting worse and he wants to improve it. But that dichotomy, that old thinking or that, that meme that existed in culture of uh, the Europe's had its time and must die now, I think it's dead. And I, I think it's because it's just the march of time has moved it. 1990 was 34 years ago now. And here's a graph here of well, home ownership in young adults. And as you can see, something happened in the 1990s. And then it, it fell off a cliff. I was born then. Yeah. I think there's a big, big difference between people who experience something like this, which is the inability to buy a house. or Don't, you feel, don't you feel silly now, Stelios? Rather than being in nappies, you should have bought yourself a house. It's been a wonderful investment. Yeah. You missed your moment. And the UK is just the, the worst out of the Western nations here. As you can see, the US is going through a similar problem. Germany, France, there are slightly, but the UK is on another level of just um, crisis on that front. And at the same time, since the 1990s, people experienced this. And I'm using Swindon just because it's such a perfect example of basically nothing happening for decades in terms of mass immigration, and then just suddenly it hits. And it's a, it's a straight line up. So what's yeah. that? 20% of Swindon being foreign born. I really think there's a big difference there. As much as so I... In, in my head, I just did the necessary calculations to run that forward. It will get to 100% foreign. Yes. Very quickly. And as much as I love the, the memes around the Putin interview, the, you know, stuff like this. Putin, let me give you some context about Ukraine. You mean Maidan? No, no, no. Let me give you... <laughs> when a... the earth was cooling four billion years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that is all good fun. And... I think the bigger thing out of all of this, because that interview wasn't really that interesting, no one really learned something that Putin had already said publicly, is that the willingness on Tucker's part to go and speak to him and the hatred from Biden's administration is not just something that's unconstitutional and is a crime, as uh, Tucker lays out there. Why are they spying on American citizens in that way? It, it's instead a choice that the United States has done to itself to get it into a position where it hates you even going and seeing the other side. So the thing I found remarkable about the, about the Putin interview, regardless of, of pulling apart the historical accuracies and the conflation of various things and all that kind of stuff. You know, the Poland sided with Hitler? The point, the, yeah, I mean, which is, a, <laughs> which is a bit rich given the molotov Ripponoff pact. So, so there is that. But anyway, the, the point that I thought was so interesting was he was talking about an ethos of people and a culture, right? And, and our politicians are basically trying to outlaw any discussion of ethnos. It's, it's mad. 
the level of suppression. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if anything else, I mean, some, some news that shows you how bad it's gotten for the, the people who run the West. Um, they pulled John Stewart out of retirement. They, they pulled him out to make videos because none of their stuff works anymore. I mean, I, I, I kind of feel bad for the Democrats in the way that you think the late night TV show hosts were some kind of backbone of your propaganda apparatus, and they've all sucked. I mean, to be fair to John Stewart, he did actually do an interesting job in being entertaining, and the rest of them just utterly failed. But my point being, um, yeah, civilizational suicide, it's a choice. Tucker found that out firsthand in just terms of filth and crime in your local city. And realizing that, once you've realized that, that's a big step. That's not something small. That's understanding that the people doing this to you are doing it to you. And it doesn't have to be that way. That's all. Sorry if I went on a bit. Let's move on to some, uh, some good trolling. I always love good trolling. Okay, so before in the segment you said something that it was a quiet weekend. I think it wasn't so quiet and it had rich trolling value. Now, uh, before we say more about this, you can visit our website and Calvin Robinson has joined us for his Common Sense Crusade and you can have 50% off gold tier with the code CRUSADE. Be sure to give it a watch. So the first episode was really good. Just come, come and watch Calvin. Now, there was Super Bowl. Okay, and a lot of people in the US... Well, it was just the, the grammar. There was Super Bowl. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and I'm just say, fascinated by the video. I've, I, I knew there was a Black National Anthem. I, I hadn't actually seen it. Seen I, that it was this much cringe. I didn't know there was a Black National Anthem. What? Well, oh, yeah, there's a new Black National Anthem now. Well, I, I'll, I'll give well, you. Let's tell you all say. about it. But <laughs> no, no, I, I want to invite you to just enjoy and indulge into uh, what I'm going to show you. So basically what happened is that from my understanding that every every Super Bowl, which is a big event in the US, the uh, singers sing the national anthem. I remember it's all years a bit ago. witch doctory in the background, isn't it? It's like the the Yuga Booga <laughs> thing, isn't it? Anyway, I remember I, mean, I don't want to cause anyone offense, but many years ago, I remember uh, Steven Tyler was singing the national anthem of the US from yeah. Aerosmith and he was doing his characteristic screeching that it didn't go down very well. But anyway, yeah. um, they are singing songs like the Star Spangled Banner, the America the Beautiful, and uh, they have added ever since 2019 uh, the song Lift, I think 2020, Lift Every Voice and Sing, which many people will say is the Nash, Black National Anthem. Yeah. And I mean, I find this weird for one reason. Is this real? Yeah. This is real life? What do you mean? They, they actually decided to bring up a black national anthem for the Super Bowl. Yeah, because... Oh, yeah. What, I'm what, so out of the real, I have no idea. That's a okay. real thing. What, real what thing. is weird is because... <laughs> so dumb. I, I'll say this from, a, you know, from an outsider's yeah. perspective, okay? I don't see any reason to do this because there's plenty, well, of, <laughs> there's plenty of reason for people from the black community to say that, for instance, the American national anthem involves us. Well, the, the entire, so in singing it, yeah. we're not left outside. The, the entire should. purpose of a national anthem is to bring people together under a single, um, yes. single banner. So by having two national anthems, by definition, you're two, you're two nations. Yes. Also, a more fundamental point. And also, black Does anyone is know what NFL is? It's black is, uh, is not an, uh, na a nation. And they say the black no. national anthem. Not, not yet, no. But does anyone know what NFL is? A National Football League. So is, is, is that the rugby where they wear, where they wear body armor? I think rugby <laughs> differs from football. 
I, 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 let, I, let me just say, what's the Black National Anthem and why is it sang before the Super Bowl? Right. I just say here, uh, left every voice. That's a good question. Left every voice and <laughs> saying, What the fuck are you talking about? What? It's <laughs> just stupid on the face of it. So it was sung for the fourth year in a row on Sunday. So oh, what really? I, it's the fourth year of the. Na- yeah. That's a very so, young nation. Well, I suppose it goes back to the, the birth of St. George or the, or the death of St. George, whatever. Well, <laughs> allow me to contextualize. In the beginning, there was the word. <laughs> in the beginning, there was the fentanyl hit. <laughs> Oh, come on. So you see, here, come on. Uh, it's the inclusion of the Black National Anthem along with the Star Spangled Banner and America the Beautiful has been met with both praise and criticism. I thought America was over this. But the tra- tradition continues nonetheless. <laughs> anyway, they said that um, they did it in 2020 in the wake of racial and social justice protests in the US following. I was the death joking. Of they, 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 Floyd. No, they actually did it because of the fentanyl. I mean, it was kind of. Do the math, it's four years, three years ago, because now it's the fourth in a row. So, yeah, but I'm I was, I was making I, I, I completely messed joke. up. I, I didn't, didn't realize it was literally that. All right. Anyway, fine. So, uh, but, but the thing is, the NFL, which, Dan, you should know what it is, it's the National Football League. Yeah, but okay. it, it, it's, just, it's just rugby with body arm because they're soft, isn't it? I don't, I don't know if it's rugby. I think it isn't. I think it, it differs from, uh, from rugby. Maybe they have more breaks or something. Isn't rugby with more with less armor? Yeah, r- rugby is no armor and no breaks. No, I think this does have. Right. So the NFL also announced it would commit $250 million over 10 years for social justice initiatives during this 2020 movement, targeting what it calls systemic racism and supporting the battle against the ongoing and historical injustices faced by African Americans. Right, let's move on. So, Carl... Ask something. Who paid for the Christians washing feet ad? Do you know this? I haven't seen this ad either. Yeah, I'll, I'll just let it play here. It has some music, but just, just look at what's going on. There's, there's a series of people washing other people's feet. Yeah. And I, I guess there's going to be a theme. Yeah. It's not the music. Is that because so many American cities now have human excrements all over the floor? That it is necessary. <laughs> That's just San Francisco. Come on. Listen oh, I, here. I mean, how does this work? She washes their feet, her feet, and then she steps on the on the on tarmac. Yeah, I don't. Well, and, and as Callum says, if that was in San Francisco, she's immediately going to. What's going on there? Again. Just bros having Look a bath. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the cop washes. Says Jesus didn't teach hate. Yeah, he did. He washed feet. I think that's a well, little bit reductive. He gets to be yeah, well, <laughs> what? I mean, I, you'd expect something. Like, I don't know if Quentin right. Tarantino is behind this because he loves feet, but he's not. Let's say, I was trying. I was trying to answer to Carl, but apparently we do have an answer. The okay. He Gets Us Foundation. So if you're Christian, you should just what? They say uh, several things they win. that. Um, we reflected on our TV spot, Love Your Enemies. That commercial was all about hate and division. Ultimately, it was about pride. Pride says, I'm right and you're wrong. Every image depicted people in a state of prideful contention, whether it be politicians yelling in a debate or parents fighting at a youthful club. So anyway, they they just uh, mentioned this about love and unity. They say, as we explored creative ideas, we recall the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. You realize this was ex- the perfect example of how we should treat one another, even those people with whom we don't see eye to eye. 
are you talking about? Like his disciples and presumably his best friends and his followers. So that means you need to start washing the feet of people who hate you. Well, I have a couple of good mates, and I would not wash their feet. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't even do it to my own family. Like, just why would I yeah. wash your feet? You can wash your feet. Don't <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, the I, Callum, I think you're looking at it from a very weird perspective. The Probably. whole idea is to love your enemies. Yeah, okay, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> if you kill your enemies, they win. Okay, <laughs> kill them with <laughs> kindness. Kill them with kindness. Anyway, right. they are talking about the story of uh, Jesus watch, washing feet. And I have a passage here. It says, foot washing requires one to lower themselves, even kneel before another person. While the posture seems subservient at first, it truly represents an act of kindness. This was always the way of Jesus. Put others first and himself last. Now, I'm going to say an entirely philosophical point about here. Well, then. When you have a morality like that, not everyone can preach yeah. it. It's like they say with St. Francis of Assisi, the last person to eat, the last person to have a, have a pillow, the last person to have a bed. You cannot literally have a whole society of people who are going to eat last. Okay? Yes. It's it is mathematically comp- impossible. It's yes. mathematically impossible. It's yes. just like... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, it's like yeah. You know, people sitting in front of a table with food. Saying, no, no. Yes. It's shameful if I had one first or something. Mm. It just doesn't work like that. So I think that this is a weird thing. Now, one thing, there were several people who mentioned something about Taylor Swift after Super Bowl. And we have some resident uh, vibe checkers and orb ponderers whose f- expectations about Taylor Swift were completely frustrated. Let me give you Connor's tweet. This- sorry, sorry, have we now got to the point where Connor is talking about Taylor Swift even when he's not in the room? Yes. <laughs> in a segment when I was <laughs> with, with Carlin and they were talking Connor was practicing divination but apparently Connor you need some work on divination because they were saying something that Taylor Swift was going to become a sort of conservative icon uh, if uh, people look at her hang- hugging uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, yeah. anyway I'm, I'm not gonna say it, but Connor says this radioactive cringe may have just cost white America it's second baby boom. Travis Kelsey could have proposed at the victory podium and set the marital aspirations of a million, million millennial cat ladies in waiting a flutter. He failed to embody. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. Um, this, is tr- this has trolling value. He failed to embody the captain of the high school football team vibe. Look at Swift's face. <laughs> it's so... Is that is that what Taylor's going to make a like? new song? But sorry, guys, I'm laughing because I, I listened to it, that in a segment and I couldn't. <laughs> I, 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 did, I didn't know that that's what Taylor Swift looked like because she's not exactly a, 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 a wood. I mean, come on, she, she, she's attractive. But the point is, is not that. The point is that. Right. What's this got to do with anything? I'm confused. <laughs> the point is that her, 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 uh, her um, dude. Okay, he's playing with <laughs> her, her friend, okay? Her boyfriend is, uh, is the captain of the team who, that won the Super Bowl. And uh, some people who practice divination thought that the, if you apply the mechanics, uh, that was the best uh, moment for, for this uh, person, Travis Kelsey, to pr- propose, but he didn't propose. So all the maths, you know, the Bene Gesserit maths to, to create the Muad'Dib from the Dunas. 
right. <laughs> completely being destroyed. But she is having fun after the Super Bowl, and some fans are saying. <laughs> Is, Sorry, is, that, is, that's, <laughs> is that her man, the, the ginger one? No, I don't think this one, but right. he's somewhere there. She said, the fact that Taylor Swift okay. can be in a club in Vegas and be authentically herself without being nudged or center of attention. Like, y'all don't understand how huge this is for her. No one cares. Anyway, Britney was gone. <laughs> what? 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 Is this a series of things happened? no one cares about? <laughs> Brit, 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 <laughs> Britney's weekend, you know. <laughs> Some other shit no one cares about. Local yeah. woman is mental. <laughs> yeah, she, she had the Christian message. So, so he it, gets us. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Stay on. Slow down. Slow down. Yeah. What the hell is this? Is that AI generated? Are you drunk? What is no. this segment? <laughs> no, I'm just showing you. <laughs> I'm just showing you what happened. This. He's going to tie it together at the end. <laughs> I'm just showing you what happened during the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. So for those that are listening, we are watching Britney Spears embarrass herself. It's, it's probably the best way that I can describe it. Yeah, I hope people don't make a cringe uh, comment about how she can turn into a conservative icon. Because I just... <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> I, sorry, I just don't see it. Yeah. Okay, anyway, she... Stelios, you she, better be tying this up together. In, in, <laughs> anyway. Another thing no one gives a shit about and all uh, that. Uh, let's, go, <laughs> let's go to Biden now. Because right. I think he had the moment of epiphany. Oh, I think God. he has said something <laughs> profoundly sensible. You'll understand why I say this. All right, okay. Will I? Anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the what game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. Okay, is that AI generated? I have no Sunday. idea. But anything like I, I want to say, like companies are shrinking the product sizes and hoping we won't notice. What, like you printed $3 trillion and then hoped we wouldn't <laughs> yeah, notice? Yeah, but let me just say... He really strikes a chord with me. I really hate it when they give me small portions. So every time I go out to have a burger and the portion size shrinks, I yeah. absolutely hate it. I want to take the plate and literally smash it on the wall. But why did they do that? Because I agree. I am so sick of the yeah. Mars duo. I just want a really big Mars bar. Yeah. But and then don't, just don't tell me one now and later. Two right now. But, that's, but it's not the fault of the Mars Corporation. It's the fault of yes. pricks like this who printed all the money so that the money was worthless. So the corporation's trying to find ways to trick you because they don't know how else to keep the sales up. But the epiphany did not last long and Biden made some uh, crucial mistakes. Um, he said he's a president for red states and green states. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does he mean the green zone in Iraq? I don't... I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> let us play this here. Just... When I said, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president of everybody with living in a... Yeah. 
When I said, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president for everybody, whether you live in a red state or a green state. When I said, when I... Yeah. Red state or green state. All right. yeah. uh, not blue states. Also, uh, Literally, that's not his own bloody states. And as, as far as, you know, politics is concerned, he, he, ma- he makes the president of Egypt with the president of Mexico. Which yeah. was uh, easy mistake. E- yeah. e- easy to think that Mexico has a border with the uh, yeah, and something really weird happened. So his lawyer went out to say to dispel doubts uh, about uh, Biden, and he says that he doesn't have memory problems. That's not weird that a lawyer would go, go out and say it to say you. My client has <laughs> never eaten his own feces, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> What <laughs> people accuse you of having a bad memory? Well, I need to talk to my lawyer. Everything I say, <laughs> anything yeah, I say, will camera. be used against me in the court of law. Any accusation. So, of course, his lawyer is also eighty <laughs> years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, as you said, the Democrats are in a really rough state right now, and uh, Hillary Clinton is yet another high-profile Democrat who has raised concerns over Biden's age. Now, let us move a bit forward to the other side of the U.S. Uh, politics camp into the Trump and Tucker campaign. Now, because here is where, you know, we had the interview. The interview was one of the most uh, fascinating things that took place lately. Yeah. It has uh, rich um, things we can extract from it. But one of the ideas is that we l- need to think a bit about how the world works. And the first step to gain good understanding of how the world works is a low to CETA's subscription. With just five pounds a month, you can gain access to all our premium content and watch our marathon discussion with uh, Carlin Bow about Machiavelli. And we're discussing here his discourses on Livy. Uh, and his principles about how to found, found and structure a lasting society. Now, what is interesting and why I say this is because I think that if you read discourses on Livy, you will see that there is a remarkable resemblance to how the U.S. has um, built itself and continues. And there are several really interesting things that Machiavelli says about war and uh, about externalizing internal conflict. And things like that. It's. I, I remember his key lesson was don't have too many foreigners. The, the, uh, th- that was a bit of it. So yes. the, the, I think you're referring to the prince who says basically that you shouldn't rely on mercenaries, so yes. on foreign troops. Yes. You need to instill upon your population. I mean, presumably kind of if Machiavelli was around today, he would say don't rely on, yeah. on foreign Starbucks workers as well. Anyway. I mean, yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> Not much of an army, is it? No. <laughs> I, I think Machiavelli would, would definitely be against Starbucks. He would like Nero. He, he, he would definitely like Nero, and he would say that basically uh, all uh, cafeterias should become Nero, and that Pratt and all the other chain shops, they, they need to bow down to Nero. Yes. Okay, so uh, one interesting stuff uh, that happened was that I think that there is immense trollish value coming from the interview. And it's fun because, you know, a lot of people were saying that, you know, uh, we just expose ourselves to completely different logic. And they were saying that um, Tucker made, he didn't challenge uh, Putin as much. Some others have said that he made some interesting points. It wasn't a a Western style, you know, just hardball level conversation where Tucker was asking some questions. It was, uh, for instance, I think uh, Konstantin Kissin in 
trigonometry said something that some people didn't mention was that um, Tucker is being given sort of a rough deal by some. For instance, he asked Putin something about why don't you use this rhetoric that you use right now about Ukraine some time ago. And they say that, interestingly enough, Putin never went back to that question. So it's it's a really interesting... Well, there, there is a, a superb two-hour breakdown of the Tucker Carlson-Putin interview, which is going up at 3 p.m. on Brokenomics. And Brokenomics is something that you need to subscribe to watch. Mm. So also, again, with £5 a month, you can gain access to all our lover premium, premium content and watch Dan's breakdown of it. But what was interesting is that, you know, um, a lot of people hanged from what Putin was saying about the justification for why uh, Ukraine should uh, stop fighting, let's say, and, mm. and approach Russia. And uh, the idea was that, you know, the lands used to be ours. Was, common, common ethnos, common people, common culture, that kind of thing. That was, that was his core message. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it uh, was fun because, you know, you had all sorts of people uh, uploading stuff. Here we have the president of Mongolia alluding to the um, Mongolian Empire. And he just said after Putin's talk. Yeah, it didn't last uh, very long. Mongolian though. historic map. Don't worry, we're a peaceful and free nation. Oh, that's a, but there's one thing which I'm sure people from the UK will love, especially from England. What is this? It's a map of how the world should be. It's a, <laughs> it's a good start. That's what it is. Okay. So, you know, what happened there in the 13 colonies? Anyway, I just the, don't want to talk about The even better map is the one which is um, countries that Britain has never invaded. Well, because you have to look really closely to see them. <laughs> anyway, so I just want to say that uh, this rhetoric leads us back to this. Also, here we have um, uh, an image of the French Empire at some point in, in its biggest peak. We have also people like Mar Michael Shermer saying an analogy for Putin. Would Mexico be justified in invading California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas because it used to be theirs? Quite frankly, at this point, everybody is justified in invading California. Think about <laughs> it. I don't, I don't, yeah. don't particularly care who and does it, so, as long as somebody does it. The People's so, Republic of Laos. <laughs> yeah, well, so, he, I mean, there's an argument there. Because, I mean, Texas is flipping, what is it, purple, because of the mass Mexican immigration. What well, happens when it becomes majority? Well, well, that's what I want to say. is Because, you know, there, there's a clash of perspectives from, this, uh, from that interview. And at the end of the day, I think... It's not particularly helpful to view yeah. this because at the end of the day, it's uh, Machiavellian stuff. It's power and uh, your borders are exactly where you're able to defend them. So we've so, only got two links left. I'm fascinated to see how you tie this back to Taylor Swift and Britney Spears. Wait, wait, wait. Right. So uh, what I wanted to say is that um, what is fun is that a lot of people have uh, <laughs> have reacted in a sort of, you, you would say it's a bit meme I mean, we have to say it. There are some people who said, okay, this is very reasonable. And, say, you know, Putin just implies that if we follow his rationale, the Americans shouldn't be necessarily a nation. He's sensible. That, that's a reaction. Yep. Or Putin's rationale implies that a significant chunk of the U.S. was owned by Mexico and Mexico has entitlements to it. Seems reasonable. So that's what I want to say. And that's why I said it before. Because I said that a lot of people, they have just rushed from one extreme to the next. Um, and let me just say here, there was another trolley-ish value 
uh, hear Trump talking about NATO allies. I think that's interesting to watch because. Um, so yes, th th this is annoying. This is, this is the one where he says that if you don't pay your two percent of GDP into uh, defense spending, then you shouldn't expect the US to come and rescue you. It's not exactly that he says you shouldn't expect that. Let, let's hear him. Of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. Of the presidents of a big country. Yeah, so that's the, let, let me just say, because again, there was lots of um, outrage about this statement. Uh, and I think some of it was justified, but he's referring to an old sta statement he made in, during a NATO meeting. It's perfectly, perfectly justifiable today, I'd say. Well, I think, basically, I think that uh, in, the, in the context of a, of a meeting, this is what, for instance, you would expect him to say, because NATO is, is not an altruistic uh, organization. To a very large extent, it is a military defense organization, and you would expect it. But what I want to say is that I think that it is a mistake to say this publicly for one reason. I know some people may not like this, but to, to hear this, but the point is that when you are... I'm a big believer into the peace through strength narrative. Yes. And you need to show strength everywhere, not just to, to your enemies, but also... Well, well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what this is. this is. This is like when you go on a date, right? And you order chips. and She doesn't order chips. And you say to her, look, if you want chips, order chips. Because if you don't order chips, you're not having any of my chips. And then she doesn't order chips. And then she, and then she wants chips, doesn't she? Yeah, but that's what this is. Yeah, but one thing to say here is that uh, there is a uh, that two percent here is also just to say the two percent of uh, military spending is G in GDP is the target. It it's not the idea of an obligation. And at the end of the day, because you know, I need to contextualize what I'm saying uh, because I understand that it it uh, may be a bit unpopular to say. What I want to say is that when you're leading an alliance. The alliance, you, you need to avoid a second, let's say, Biden style withdrawal from Afghanistan. You need to show that you're able to hold your, this alliance because at the end of the day, your alliance is a sig significant part of your power. So, anyway, but I think that to a very large extent, he's just saying what he was saying all the time. It's not particularly weird. So, I think that it is, uh, this ends up my statement for the. For the trollish week. All right. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about something which is completely and utterly and totally safe and effective. In, in fact, entirely in all ways safe and effective. So I'm glad I've got a philosopher on the show with me because I understand there are different forms of, of absolute certainty. So there's, there's something called a priori knowledge. Yes. And then above that, there is metaphysical certainty. Well, um, I think that, uh, yes. they, let me be very brief, yes. um, they are linked, but metaphysical certainty is a bit of a misnomer because Well, the definition, the definition I've got is knowledge that is considered absolutely indilutable and immune to any form of skepticism. The concept is closely associated with the foundation of philosophical inquiry into the nature of reality and existence and knowledge itself. 
Yeah, you can say certainty. Certainty is a psychological category. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of absolute metaphysical certainties, shall we? Um, one of which, of course, is going to be, uh, and we all know this one, uh, diversity is our strength. I mean, we all know that. That is, that is undeniably true. Um, so, look, if your if your daughter experiences an enrichment event and you have to you have to counsel her through it afterwards, if your son is kicked to death in the streets, as happened to that poor German lad um, over the weekend, if acid is thrown in your children's face while they're going for a walk with their mum, or your kids are stabbed to death in the street, um, or, or perhaps somebody climbs through their dorm window at university and murders them. We can say at the funeral, well, absolute certainty that diversity is a strength. So, so this is this is this is tenant one. Um, of course, another thing that we know with absolute certainty is that taxes can change the weather. You know, we, yes. It, don't don't laugh. Don't laugh. That that that, that, that is absolutely I, I was true. Coughing. I swear. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, if if we allow the politicians to tax us more and to regulate the farming industry into non-existence, then the weather will get better in the future. So that's another good example. Um, and, and Sorry, Dan, how can yeah. you not be metaphysically certain about it? No, I'm saying that is that these are all metaphysical certainties. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and another one, and you're like this one, Callum. I hope you're not a heretic by the end. No, no, no. Because there are some pitchforks and some fire ready to burn. No, I, the, all, all of these are absolute certainties. And you're like this one, Callum. Another absolute certainty is that with tele technology that we somehow lost 50 years ago, uh, men landed on the moon, and then using um, four 18-volt acid batteries about that big, then sent a live TV broadcast back to Earth. And then after they came back, um, all the footage um, was taped over because, and I quote, and this is the official explanation, magnetic tape is expensive. So anyway, so anyway, there's a whole bunch of things that we know uh, to for certain are absolutely true, but the one thing we are certain of more than anything else in the world is that a certain thing is safe and effective for everybody. Um, before I talk about that, let's quickly mention, um, uh, Calvin, is, uh, he was too based for GB News, so he's come and joined us on the Lotus Eaters, and he is doing a crusade. Not a crusade as in the form of when you, when you drive the, um, the Muslims out of your territory. It's not, not, not that kind of crusade, but he, but he will be sitting down and taking your video questions. Um, any subscriber can watch that, but if you would like to submit a question, you need a gold tier account, and we're giving you fifty percent off for three months, so you can you can sign up with the code Crusade. So that's important, right? Now, so why am I why am I talking about the thing that is completely and utterly safe and effective? Well, it all sort of stems from this, you see. So um, here is some of the latest polling on the Tories. You mentioned this in your segment, Callum. Um, it's not positive, is it? Not wildly, no. Um, in in fact, it's um. Well, a, a, it's, a bloodbath. It, it, it's more than a wipeout, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's at the level of bad for the Tories. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if in thirty years' time the Germans are making weird abstract uh, memorials to the Tories. <laughs> it, it, it is it is broadly, it is broadly <laughs> of that level when it comes to wipeouts. <laughs> I haven't crossed a line, have I? No. no uh, okay. I, right. Right. Anyway, I, so I enjoy jokes. <laughs> So anyway, so so it looks like the Tories are facing a monumental, atrocious wipeout, um, and in a desperate attempt to save the sink the the, the, the sinking ship, um, our unelected Indian midget prime minister has has <laughs> <laughs> has had a think to has, has 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 had a think to himself, right? And he's thought, right, I saw Vivek doing a load of those town hall meetings, 
Right. I'm also Indian. Yes. <laughs> well, and, 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 and it wasn't just for vague, because the four years before that, Trump, he, he did a whole load of those town hall meetings, didn't he? All right. People like Trump, people like the vague. So I'll tell you what, why don't I turn this picture around uh, by doing my own town hall me- meeting? Um, like you Wall know, Street bets where he's just like taking the graph, <laughs> turning upside down. <laughs> this will be the future. <laughs> so, you know, what, 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 what could possibly go wrong? So anyway, so he did a town hall meeting and a certain subject came up. Now, uh, I'm, I'm afraid um, we, 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 we're going to have to say goodbye to the, um, the YouTube viewers um, in a moment. because Hot for YouTube. Uh, well, y- yes, because you see... Their loss. L- let, me, let me frame it like this. Some things are true, and then some things are so true that if you, if you say anything against them, um, then you'll be banned off YouTube. They are that true. In fact, I'm reminded of that um, Tywin uh, Tyrion Lannister quote, you know, where, where Joffrey cuts out that guy's tongue. And then it, afterwards, um, Tyrion says to him, um, if, you, if you tear out a man's tongue, you are not proving him a liar. Um, you are only telling the world that you fear what he says. Anyway, but those are the censorship rules on YouTube. So um, anyway, if you want to finish the segment, come join us on lotuseaters.com. You lovely, lovely YouTube people. You're fantastic, but you're going to have to catch us there. Okay, cheerio. Right, now we got rid of the Utahs, we can carry on with some sensible comments. God, it smells better than you already. I believe it. Right, so anyway, um, I'm going to play this, actually, and, um, and um, you know, let you, let you all take your own view, because he thought that he... Oh, where's a bloody mouse thing? Oh, here we go, right. So he, he thought he was going to get away with this. Sorry, can you, can you pause it, please? Have it. Oh, yeah, what? Sorry, but it's really fun if you just look at the nor- non-verbal communication, you know, where he's, he's moving. It's just, it's just really weird. Yes, he's getting ready to fight. He's yeah, taking yeah, a fighting yeah, yeah. stance. It's like no swag. Yes. No quite, quite, quite reasonable. Anyway, so, uh, so, so the, um, the unelected Indian midget stood up and uh, faced this guy who had this to say. I don't want to click. In my eyes, we have been left with no help at all. Not only am I in here that's vaccine injured, there's another man over there whose life's been ruined by that COVID-19 vaccine. I know people who have lost legs, amputations. I know people with heart conditions like myself, Rishi Sunak. Why have I had to set up a support group in Scotland to look after the people that have been affected by that COVID-19 vaccine? Why are the people who are in charge, who told us all to do the right thing, have left us all to rot and left me and the thousands and the tens of thousands in this country to rot. Rishi Sunak looked me in the eye. When are you going to start to do the right thing? The vaccine damage payment scheme is not fit for purpose. And Scotland... Right- so so that he, he's just mentioned the, um, uh, the the vaccine damages payment scheme. So, so that scheme, just so you know, um, if you die... Um, your relatives get up to a hundred grand. So yeah, so basically, you you can and and there, and there are people in this situation. Um, you know this this guy who who's quite prominent on Twitter talking about this. Um, his wife was actually a BBC journalist. She was killed by the vaccine. Um, and and he got a hundred grand. So you know, sorry, your your the mother of your children is dead. Um, however, you now have enough money to put down a deposit on a house. 
So that's okay then, is it? Right, excellent. Anyway, so uh, I'm feeling this man's anger. Let's carry on with what he had to say. Right now, according to the yellow card system, there are over 30,000 people that have had an adverse reaction to that vaccine. And okay. deaths. J John, thank you very much indeed for your question. You're trying to shut him up. Start doing the right thing, you've, Mr. You've, you've made a really strong point, John. Prime Minister. Yeah, John, well, I'm very sorry to hear about your personal circumstances. No, you're not, you piece of shit. You're not sorry at all, are you? And you said someone over here also seems to have suffered by the similar, by a similar thing. Now, obviously, I, I don't know about the individual situation that you're in. Classic deflection. I don't we know about your individual circumstance, therefore I can't talk about the broad point. My story in the press. Okay. I had to go right. to the government for comment but, and they made them forgive, take all the right. stuff out. For, forgive, forgive, me, forgive me both. I know, I'm happy. I'm addressing you now. No, no, no one... No okay. One, John, no one, no one is saying... No one's oh, saying yeah, okay. No saying. I've lost my house, no, my wife, and I'm, successful career. And, sir, you raised some very valid points, I'm sure. What I've got to say is, though, we haven't got you on microphone, and, as you know, we've got to get through this. I'm sure we can, we can raise your points with the Prime Minister at a later yeah. date. I mean, just picking up what that guy was saying there, I mean, this guy had a successful career um, and, and he's, he, he's lost it all. He, 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 he can't work, he can't do anything, um, all because he was dragooned into taking a vaccine that he didn't need. But in the meantime, Prime Minister, if you yeah, no, cover I'm, the issue... I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to. So, look, there is a vaccine compensation scheme that's in place, as you alluded to in the NHS. Obviously, everyone individually will work through their cases. It's difficult for me to comment on anyone's individual case. I'm sure you'll appreciate that. I'm very happy to go and look at the cases, and I'm sure you'll get them to the team here. I mean, I, I'm very saddened and shocked to hear that you've been silenced by anybody. That is surprising to me. So please do get your details to Stephen and the team, and I will happily take that away. Of course, you should be able to speak about your experience, what's happened to you. And as I said, we have a compensation scheme. Note what he's saying on this. Did you, did you catch that? When, he was, when he's challenged on this point about the safety of the vaccine, he comes back and he wants to appear diplomatic. So he says, I'm sorry that you think you've been silenced. He doesn't say sorry that you've been injured. Yeah. Also, that you think you've been silenced. I'm very shocked to hear that. Shut up. You know what Shut I also don't uh, like about these cases, about how politicians react? Because I've seen the... Uh, equivalent uh, things in Greece is like you have someone who says I'm personally aggrieved by a policy that you have which has affected thousands of people and the response is well contact me and I'll see what personally what I can do for yeah, you let's stop personally. talking about it now let's stop but, talking yeah. about the policy yeah exactly but yeah I, I just thought that was, that was I mean it goes to show that he's got some skill as a politician actually the Weasley way that he didn't say I'm sorry that you've been hurt by the vaccine he picked up on the on the silenced bit, so that he didn't have to have any soundbite of him saying that sorry you were injured by the vaccine. In place for that, and I'll make sure that we're working through that. Obviously, I think you'll appreciate it's hard for me to comment on your specific circumstances, just not knowing them and those things. That... Forgive me, sir. We haven't got a microphone on this, so our viewers and listeners won't be able to. I think look, the last the last thing I'd say is, uh, you know, we went through a pandemic like everyone else. At the points when it came to the vaccine, those decisions were always taken on the basis of medical advice from... So here we go. We're getting into the excuse now. We're getting into the distancing. So as he just said there, it was taken purely on medical advice. This is important, this bit. Our medical experts 
to tell us as politicians, who are obviously not doctors, about how best to roll out the vaccine, what was in the public health interest, the priority order, how that should be done, who should be eligible. That was something that the doctors recommended on, and that's something that we followed. Now, obviously, if there are individual circumstances which haven't worked out, then that's why we have the compensation scheme in place, and I'll make sure that we follow up on your cases. Okay. And causing... Provably a lie. Yes. I'm sorry, but I recall when the evidence came up of who should get the vaccine, and it started with the most at risk. Do you have a comorbidity, and are you 60-something? They were the ones who got it first. Mm. And then the calculation went down the ages, down the decades, and it got to like 40 and 30, and people were like, do we, do we really need to go further? And then it got to, what, two years old? It was already medically decided that it wasn't worth it for sure for those under the age of 16. And the government went, nope, we will still vaccinate everyone. You may be referring to this. It, it's a lie. It's a lie that this was based on the medical knowledge. Yep. And we have your own website showing it. Let's go to a minute. So the J, uh, JCVI issued updated guidance on COVID-19 vaccine. Let's see if we can find the bit. Uh, uh, it's something. Oh, yeah. However, the margin of benefit is considered too small to support universal vaccination of healthy 12 to 15-year-olds at this time. And then they went all the way down to two years old at a later date. Yes. Uh, here we go. So Professor Wu Shi Lim uh, said children aged 12 to 15-year-olds with underlying health conditions that put them at higher risk should be offered it. Um, Otherwise, healthy 12 to 15-year-old children, their yeah. risk of severe COVID-19 disease is so small, and therefore the potential benefit of a 19 vaccine is also small. Yeah, exactly. Don't so we, we, we got Rishi, and is, I mean, so it's, I, mean that, I found that exchange fascinating because... But if you've got millions of vaccines, and I've already paid for them... Yes, and you, and you, and you happen to own a large amount of um, Moderna stock, uh, as was the case. I mean, he, 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 was, the, um, he was the chancellor then, uh, of course, but it's, it's still part of the same regime. But yeah, for, first of all, apologies for being silenced, not for not for the not for the vaccine harms. And as soon as it's onto this, he immediately throws the doctors under the bus and tries to make it sound like they were basically just following orders. They were not. They were making the decisions, and they were told what would yes. be a good idea. And they went, "That's stupid. Not listening to that." Yeah, I mean, I well, I'd, I'd go further than that. I mean, I I remember very clearly, and and for somehow, I, and this baffled me back during the pandemic. Do you remember we had that first press conference? The first press conference was, yeah, lockdown is stupid. I know Piers Morgan is talking about it, but it would be a stupid thing to do, um, and we're not going to do that. And actually, you do want it to spread through the population because that's the only way you're going to get immunity to everything. Mm -hmm. first press conference was entirely sensible, and they laid out all of the reasoning why. And then Piers Morgan went absolutely berserk the following day after hearing that, um, and then another day later, they did a second press conference when they said, oh, yeah, everything we said at the first press conference is now invalid and we are going to lock down after all. Because the evidence has changed. Yes. Nothing changed in 24 hours except Piers Morgan. Yes. Who, who gives a shit about it? Yes. Like, it was really weird that he was the center point for media at that time as well. Some disgraced former journalist. There, there, is, a, there is a place in a certain other place for Piers Morgan, yep. for, for what he did over that period. So anyway, so um, we are told um, that, first of all, that um, it, it was done purely on a doctor's advice um, and, and, and nothing can be said otherwise to that point, even though it's quite provably true 
uh, on on at least two separate occasions, such as the first and second press conference, and then the JCVI advice that um, that is a complete load of load of bollocks. Uh, but next, I will show you. Um, I'll show you this. Untold harm and damage and misery to innocent people. Can the current Prime Minister think of anything he has promoted in partnership with huge businesses as safe and effective, which has ultimately harmed the British people? And will he use this opportunity to correct that safe and effective statement, or will he choose the same line as Tony Blair, sit back, do nothing, and let the misery just continue to pile up? Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, as we've been clear, the Horizon scandal is a terrible miscarriage of justice, and we're doing everything that we can to make it right. Uh, To what he was more broadly insinuating, let me be unequivocal from this dispatch box that COVID vaccines are safe, Mr Speaker. COVID vaccines are safe. All right. Uh, I, I, I clipped that out of a John Campbell video. John Campbell is 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 very good. I mean, he he was pro vaccine during the um, um, during the pandemic itself, but he he started to come to terms with that basically he made a terrible mistake and that um, you know these these things are not safe. He highlights some very interesting evidence actually, uh, which I'll come to. Which are these sort of OECD stats? The, the problem you got is that. Yeah, basically, you, you cannot trust the, the government numbers on COVID deaths in the slightest. I mean, we never could. No. I mean, flu deaths went to zero yes. during the pandemic. I mean, that was the first example of how, okay, none of the data is going to be useful for the next several years. Yes. Yes, remar- remarkable that. Um, flu deaths went to zero and COVID deaths went up to conveniently exactly what flu deaths were. Well, I don't know off the top of my head what the numbers were. It was basically that. I do remember yeah. flu went to zero and everyone died with COVID. I mean, George Floyd died with COVID. Yes. Oh, yeah, because the definition was changed, wasn't it? So that if you die for any reason within 28 days of a, of a positive COVID test, then that's a COVID death. Yeah. Uh, a particularly absurd example was a, a chap in, I think it was Florida, who received a positive COVID um, test. And then about a week later, he was out on his motorbike, came off his bike, hit the central barrier and, and was decapitated. By COVID. And went down as a COVID death. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, it, it was very obvious, um, you know, as soon as we got into this and the way they started manipulating things is that you cannot trust any of the data. Um, the only thing that you can find useful is basically total mortality. Because the total number, I mean, you're either dead or alive. <laughs> we still have that metric. <laughs> at least they can't fudge that. But you, you, you at least either dead or alive. Um, so you know, total mortality is the only useful thing that you you can turn to. And then what you can do is you can compare it against a benchmark. You know, what, what how many people die in a normal year? Because it is it is normal for people to die. We haven't quite outlawed or outlawed out there. So you can then look at excess mortality. It's not normal. I have a product. Yeah, I have a product that cures disease forever. What is it? They, they're not letting me sell it. I'm joking. All oh, right, what are we doing? <laughs> that was the weirdest <laughs> deadpan joke ever. Yeah, I'm cultivating a poker face. Okay. Do not play. We must play poker. Yes. Um, yes. So, um, you know, people did die over COVID. Um, I mean, there were some very old people who, I mean, basically, when you get old enough, it doesn't take a lot to tip you over that edge. So I'm, I'm not disputing that some people died during COVID. 
And also, I mean, COVID, I'm, I, I'm inclined to believe that it probably was some sort of new disease because it did seem to hit fat, fat sows really, really hard. You had, uh, I'm trying to remember from my head now, because this is the thing, it gets fuzzy because yeah. it's old. But I remember the NHS came out and were asked a premium information request of the people who died, how many had uh, pre-existing conditions? And this was, do you have asthma? Are you really fat? Yeah. So yes. forth. The kind of things that would kill you if you got yes. COVID. And it was basically almost everyone who died. Yes. Yes. It's like, okay, you're, you're really old. You're really fat. You've got asthma. You've got something that means, yeah, it's easy to tip you over the edge. Yes. Um, a lot of people were put on ventilators, um, which is a really damaging and harmful thing to do. You only do that as a last resort, and they were doing it as a first resort, so that tipped people over the edge. And then, of course, I think I think most of the people who died of the excess deaths over the COVID period, and there's only a very small period when people where there was excess deaths during COVID. I think most of it was end of life, um, end of end of care, no end of life care protocols, the Dazalam, basically. I don't know what that is. I, I, well, I, I think we're basically bumped off the old right. people. Thank God we're not on YouTube when I say this. Anyway, so on, that, on, on these OECD stats, you can see um, how much excess death there was after COVID had ended. Right? So after, um, was it the, the Omicron variant, the really, really mild one, nobody was dying of, of, of COVID at that point. Um, what, what has the excess death been since then? Well, you can go through it as much as you want, but I'll just pull out, pull out a couple. Canada, 90,000 people. Denmark, 9,000 people. Small nation, but, but 9,000 deaths. UK, 100,000 people. Unexplained excess deaths. All righty then. US. Do you want to hear the US? It'd be a million, isn't it? 651,000 unexplained extra deaths above the baseline that, that are after COVID, and, but that excess deaths, these excess deaths didn't start manifesting and they manifest very quickly after the rollout of the vaccines. And yet we're not allowed to talk about it on YouTube uh, for some reason. Ed Dowd, um, he's done some study on this by looking at, um, uh, looking at um, how, the, how um, insurance companies from their published data, and he's been doing it all over the world. He thinks 17 million people have been killed by the COVID vax. And that's why we're talking about it on the website and we can't talk about that one on, on YouTube. So anyway, a bit morbid. But um, let's go to the YouTube comments. All right. Hello, children. I'm going to teach you about anal sex today. Not by the hairs of my chinny-chin chainsaw. Oh, Vivi Christ. No, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm a Alright, that was That was wholesome. Um, for people listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course the video commenters are basically our sponsors. Uh, there was a local chap who was sponsoring the, the death penalty should be applied to pedophiles. Which seems reasonable to be honest. There we are. That's um that's a policy point I could get behind. Mm. Let's go to the next one. So yeah, I'm just out here in the snowstorm late in the evening. They told me it was never ever going to snow in Denmark again. Uh, climate change is broken. Global warming doesn't work. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Alright, enjoy the snow. Um, does seem a bit fresh. What does that mean? 
Oh, fresh snow, right? Yeah, well, fresh and breezy, and you know, oh, right, fucker, right. yeah. I I, I kind of hate it though when people are like, oh man, it's it's hot, so climate change is real, or there's snow, therefore climate change isn't real. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it annoys me. It's one of my pet peeves. Biden sent us a video comment there. <laughs> uh, next up is President Biden. He's got something to say. It's getting very late to replace Biden for the next election. I thought of six reasons. One, Newsom is unpalatable without much more remedial action. Two, the Dems are rallying their voters to help Nikki Haley unseat Trump, but it isn't working so far. Three, accept a Trump win and then assassinate. Trump would become even more popular. Four, accept a Trump win because the US civil service is completely controlled by the Democrats. Trump might have to dismantle government. Five, cheat like mad to get a Biden win too obvious this time around or six cheat like mad to get a trump win and then discredit his victory hmm interesting do you think we're gonna replace him because it did seem over the weekend there was an awful lot of talk of uh oh yeah he is like old and retarded who who are they gonna put there are some rumors about michelle obama but newsom is is just wrecked how how can they how can they get away with their own base of not making camilla harris no idea, but I she mean, isn't popular at all. No. I mean, they're, they're just, they're just screwed up. Obviously not Hillary Clinton. Yeah. yeah. So who is there? Yeah. Because if you know you're going to lose, why not have the white man lose? Because if you have the brown woman lose again. Mm. Second woman president. No. Um, <laughs> let me, there's another side to it because they could say that if a, if a non-white person lost, they could... Um, uh-huh. the, the narrative, but you see the others are racist. Racist America is back on the menu. Yeah, I can see the... So maybe... Yeah. Hmm. All right, we'll see. Let's go to the next one. What's all this then? Heard something about a crusade, lads. Gonna scale the walls of Jerusalem with the boys. Get some practicing. It's a holy war. Show the Mohammedans what for. They'll never see it coming. 50% off for the next three months. It's a bargain. Spend the rest on a point and some chips for afters. Lads, 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 lads. Well, thank you, local peasant. So, <laughs> so I, I think Mr. Ward has joined us on, on the right side of the gold tier subscription. So thank, thank you for signing up, sir. Could you? I, I bet that did happen in the Crusades as well. The, all the Crusaders are marching along and Omar Awad is on their side. They're like, What's he doing here? Wait, what of us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, I, I like it. So, the next one. So this is a question for Stelios. Uh, I have been reading many articles that they say that Chris is in a good way, economically at least. And you also said in the podcast that you believe that it's also going in a good way. But I don't see that. Uh, can you explain your thing about how it's going to a better place? Because I really don't see it. Okay, so um, I, um, I've i sort of changed my mind and I'm uh, closer to your uh, view now. I, I think that basically the Greece has lots of economic problems and lots of other problems as well. So I, I thought initially that... Uh, why are you laughing? Oh, the chat. (laughs) I thought uh, initially that, uh, you know, there are some steps to the right direction. They seem very slow, but I I think you have a point. 
the chat is just all like, Stelios, please translate. That's all. It just made me laugh. No, that, uh, <laughs> the question was about uh, me saying in a previous podcast that uh, Greece uh, says economy is improving right. significantly and that it moves to the right direction. And uh, Adonios right. is from Greece and he said basically, yeah, he doesn't see it. Right. And uh, yeah. Critical but stable, like they say after the horrific road accident. Yes. Yes. Let's do the next one. Something I've been seeing with a lot of uh, supposed modern Christians is how they seem to think that like they're the only Christians that have ever existed. They'll like maintain like, oh, the Crusaders, they weren't real Christians, or any other church in the past was never really Christian until like this very modern point. And I've noticed like no other religion does it. You know, Islam is unapologetic about its past for the most part. And I think this is a very unhealthy mindset, all things considered. And Probably one of the reasons why the Christians are losing so many of their congregations. I don't know. I, I feel very disconnected from Christianity recently. I don't know why. I'm just like, were you a crusader before? No, but at least there was recently. This, there was a feeling of sort of like, well, you know, they're, they're good guys and everything. But I'm not saying they're not. It's it's just I. I don't see them as effective in the. I, I, I want Pope Gregory the Bull back. You know the guy who launched the first crusade. Bring him back. Yeah. Put him in charge. Then we. Then then I would. I'm all for signing up. I, I'll tell a lie. I mean, when I was in Russia, when I went to the Orthodox cathedrals there, I could I could feel something there, but I just I don't feel it anymore with Western Christianity. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's a phase. Yeah. You need to maybe embrace the Orthodox Church. <laughs> maybe they're, they're really weird, but. I kind of like it. <laughs> so, yes. Um, At least be, being true to themselves. We've got one more. We've got one more. Let's, let's look, watch this. Hello, Lotus Eaters. Long time listener, first time caller. Broadcasting live from the Democratic Republic of Trudeauistan, formerly known as the Commonwealth of Canada. And this is my horrible little shop where I keep all my hot rods and my restoration projects. There we go. On a brick. I figure everything's on sale, and you've done a lot of. Uh, you've given me a lot of free shit, Lori, that I've enjoyed quite a bit, and even more high level. Philosophical take, so I just thought I'd uh, kick back a little. Um, I'm running out of time here. More to come in the coming days. There, yeah, there we go. The Tesla bot is coming on leaps and bounds, isn't it? Yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. All right, couldn't understand a bloody word because you're wearing a mask. <laughs> 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 but you look cool, and I like your brick for a car. Yes, I like your words, funny man. Anyway, let's go to the. Uh, well, oh look, some somebody on is it Odyssey or? Rumble or whatever it is has said uh, when we'll be seeing more street interviews the last one was lovely we, we are doing more aren't we I think so I, I believe so we um, have yeah. contracted her for the rest of her life to go out and ask good. people good. why are you stupid and good. they will respond I'm stupid alright <laughs> you know why, what's annoying why is this? are you stupid <laughs> I, yeah. can we get her to do that <laughs> yes could she do the whole how many people are gay and they say 50% and then she could just go why are you dumb <laughs> <laughs> the thing that got me about that is is when the last question are they underrepresented? Yeah. And they, are they, did you not listen to yourselves? No, apparently not. Painful. Utterly painful. No representation is enough. On suicide, uh, Arizona Desert Rat says, "Hmm." Carlson gathered information, reported on it, and then gave commentary on said informer. Sounds like what most journalists do. Just saying. No, that's not what most journalists do. It's what most journalists are supposed to do, not what they actually do. I, I think she agrees. Mm. Sophie says, it's the faulty assumption that you don't have to maintain anything our countries really suffer from. Yep. Oh, we have the best countries? Job done. Now we just need to take uh, to take of 
sorry, we need to take of them or maintain them. And we have the normal people know that's not true. It's also why just giving homeless people houses doesn't work. They'll assume that it's just always there and they don't have to maintain it, then the house falls apart. Yeah, something given has no value. And if, if you think that oh, it's just it exists, it's good. So, no, no, you actually have to kill the wolves and clear out the homeless. It's endless maintaining. Did you watch that John Stewart clip? He's gone out. No. So he's, he's not changed. Right. He's somewhat entertaining, but time has moved on. And then we'll say something sensible and then say something. You'd be like, here's a sensible thing. And that's why we're voting for the Democrats. Like, <laughs> Don't follow at all. Yes. So there we are. But he made uh, that point at the end there, which is, yeah, stuff goes forever, but good luck. Um, I mean, good news is that some will run out of hydrogen, is his line. So there we are. The Crusader says, that comment on Ukraine from Boris is rich, coming from the man who went over there and scuppered the peace deal, so the war can continue. I don't know if there's been much confirmation on that, other than Putin saying that's what happened. I seem to recall that Ukraine reported it as well, but I might be wrong. So, I don't know. Someone send me a link, because I'd like to know for sure. Because mm. I'm on the, on the history stuff, that's pretty easy to fact check. But on the, on the Ukrainian deal stuff, I'm, I'm far less forgiving of believing what Putin says, because you know, he's in it. He's one of the combatants. So, yeah. if, if if anything, I I was the other way round. I was I was questioning more the history stuff, um, but actually was inclined to uh, take a more favourable view on the other stuff on the basis that he could very easily be disproved on that. You know, but, where he's saying, how would he be disproved? Uh, well, for example, I mean, on this, I'm I'm with. Well, Callum. I mean, it depends which bit you're talking about. But for example, the trade the, deal. Not trade deal, peace deal. Well, the, the peace deal wasn't. Well, wasn't he saying that the guarantor that that was Germany and France and so on? And yeah, but they'll just lie because they're yeah. Also, like if it was Switzerland, I'd believe them. Yes. What the hell do they care? I mean, it, I mean, it, it, the thing is, it does broadly fit, doesn't it? So maybe I, I kind of I get the feeling because the, the rest of the front also retreated. It wasn't just Kiev. The I don't know. We could go. On Actually, no, it wasn't Germany and France who was guaranteeing that. It was it was some minor nation. Turkey. No, much more minor than that. I can't remember Transnistria? now. Transnistria? Oh, <laughs> I, I can't remember small now. do you want to go? Yes. But no, no, yeah. there, there, there was a guarantor to it who was hosting it. Maybe they, they come out and say one way or the other. I'll say something on the history stuff because I'm pretty much out of comments on mine, which is I saw trigonometry go over that interview as well. And good, interesting to get Constantine's perspective. But there's, there's one bit they just missed out, which is so Putin's comment about Poland working with Hitler mm. that of course, sounds mad on the face of it, because you're like, well, they got invaded. If you listen to it, he wasn't actually talking about the Second World War. He was saying before 1939, they worked with the Germans, mm. and it was over the Munich Conference, because the Germans got the Sudetenland, yep. and the Poles got, I don't know how you say it, Zolaire. It's a, it's a piece of Czechoslovakia that had Poles in it. The Poles had fought a war with the Czechoslovaks over, Yes. after the First World War. And what's yeah. kind of weird is they weren't even part of the discussion. They weren't invited to the Munich conference. They were just told, oh, you're getting this. Mm. And of course, they were like, cool, and <laughs> took it. So, yeah, yeah uh, Putin's argument was that, well, the Poles were happy to take land from Czechoslovakia on the base of ethnic and historical claims. And then when the Germans came to them and demanded that back, they got all pissy about it. That's, that's what Putin was saying. Yes. But of course, on the face of it, it was just like, Poland sided with Hitler. It's just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So... Uh, that, that's all. Yeah. And no one I saw really addressed that. There we are. Mm. Let's move on. 
Okay, so this week in trolling, Anne Emos, kudos to Stelios on his segment. This is expert level trolling, analysis, and a rare white pill. More of this, please. Thank you very much. Tech Heresy, Stelios, I have to say your segment was fantastic. Understated commentary and simply letting the insanity of others shine. Carry on. Thank you very much again. Uh, Kevin Fox, I see lefty DEI intersection list trying to dampen Carrie Lake because she didn't stand for the black national anthem, but did stand for the U.S. national anthem. Uh, dip mid-wicket. I'm waiting for Connor to burst through the wall to attack Dan for calling Taylor Swift mid. I mean, she's not a mid, no. but I have also taken an issue with him saying Anne Hathaway is a mid. She ain't a mid either. But for me, it's not, it's not a binary tier system. It's just a would or would not. And <laughs> okay, Taylor, okay, it's much simpler. Would not. Your system. Yes. Okay. Uh, Arizona Desert Rat, Britney Spears. <laughs> Needs help. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, she's following the footsteps of other celebrities. Um, Kevin Fox, Biden does not have memory or senility problems. Great. We can charge him for the documents he stole. No, you can't do that. He's a senile old man. Uh, yes, quite. That, that's the bind they sort of put themselves on in this one. Isn't and uh, let me just say once more. Mm. Um, Furious Dan, in the Department of Justice report on Biden's mishandling of classified material, they cited his age and mental faculties as reasons not to charge him. It's a literal matter of public record that Biden is old and stupid. Mm. Yes, Ashton Brunet says, um, say what you will of your PM, at least you, you have a head of state that is able to speak English. Um <laughs> Bloody, bloody. <laughs> <laughs> You're bloody, bloody bastard. <laughs> I love those jokes so much. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether he's having a dig at Biden or Putin. Can I, Putin speak English? He can, yeah. It's actually kind of a, a weird thing. That he, right. he does English interviews and refuses to speak English on camera. Right. Oh, on okay. camera, he'll speak English. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that's, that sort of makes sense. I would have thought if you were a KGB spy, you would have, you would have had to have learned it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's an issue of uh, prestige. It's like they were saying to... To someone who was preparing Reagan's speech for uh, Mr. Gorbachev yes. tear down this wall in German, they said that no, no, the U.S. president speaks English. Because I did notice during the interview that I, did, I I couldn't tell whether it had been edited that way, but Putin didn't wait for a translation of Tucker's question before answering, and I just wondered if that had been cleverly edited. But no, he he just he just understood German and English because obviously yes. he's German KGB spy. Yes. Yes. Um, Kevin Fox says, I love that uh, clip of the, uh, the Sunak Town Hall guy speaking. Um, oh, yeah. That, that, so that guy was classed as an anti-vaxxer by some UK news stations. So? What do I care? I mean, I care about whether or not the thing's killing people and are they getting payouts for them. So, so this, yeah, yeah he, he, he's anti-vax because he took it and it screwed him up. Yeah. In, in that circumstance, is it not okay to be anti-vax? I mean, if, 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 you, if you have peanuts and it causes a massive reaction and your arm blows off... He's anti-peanuts. <laughs> presumably, it's fine to be anti-peanuts at that point, you, you would have thought. Um, right. Um, Grant Gibson says, I've never, se I've never seen that the COVID vaccine side effect is to make you talk like a Scot. Thank God that didn't happen to me. JJHW says, excess death, government murder. Yes, I think, I think that's about right. Um, oh, yeah, this Omar Award makes, makes a great point here. And this is the thing that sort of really got me early on is pregnant women can't have things like aspirin or orange juice or cheese. They're kind of blue cheese either. Um, but the vax is fine, name mandatory. 
Yeah, yeah, quite. Any any last ones? Um, anyway, the Wigan survivalist says, I seem to recall I asked my parents during the pandemic if flu no longer existed uh, when BBC kept talking about COVID deaths and I pointed out what happened to people dying from flu. They believed flu had disappeared. Cognitive dissonance at its finest. Yes, it was a very strange time if you had a functional brain. Can I tell you something about the origin of the bloody bloody meme? India? It's not. It's right. Britain. Was it? Yeah. So it's two Indians who were in Britain. Right. And the, one of them is trying to help the other one park properly for his own safety. So they start talking and then they just start screaming at each other swear words. But they're trying to help each other as well. They're trying to be polite. But they're like, bloody, you leave me bloody. Is <laughs> weird. But yeah, it's uh, somewhere in London, I think. Yes. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll dig that out on YouTube then. Uh, we're out of time. Yes. So if you'd like more website, if you don't, don't buy. Oh, is that it? Oh, bye. <laughs>